Hey, Lions fans, welcome here to my podcast by the Lions Talk Podcast, the podcast that I hope actually becomes something I can do weekly, maybe multiple times a week, and I can help give people insight and information on the Detroit Lions. My name is Bobby Regan. I'm your host, and a little about me. I'm a lifelong Lions fan like most of you guys. I've endured the good. I've endured all the bad, too. And I just... I just wanted to find a new way to be be able to vent about what it, what comes with being a Lions fan. Be able to talk about this team and shine a different light on them. And I'm not I'm not one of those fans that's all good, that's positive all the time. I'm not one of those fans that's just a hater. I kind of fly right in the middle. I I see the good, I see the bad. I haven't been the biggest fan of the Matt Patricia resume as the coach, but I'm here to say that I don't think you asked me before the draft. I would have told you that this is probably his final year. He has a bad year. You fire him. You ask me again now. I'm more sold on his re- regime, on his path to being a competitive football team. Now, this is a podcast that I've been thinking about starting for a while, just one where I can come and talk about the Lions to Lions fans, hear their thoughts and ideas, hear all of y'all's thoughts and ideas, get feedback, grow the podcast, and hopefully be able to create a community with you guys where we just talk about the Lions. And here, this is my first time ever podcasting, so it's going to be a little little rough here in the first couple episodes, a little out of sync, out of order, but... Basically, my thoughts for this first podcast is I just I want to go through the draft class. I want to give a quick breakdown of the players, give my thoughts on each pick, maybe throw out a couple, maybe grade them. I don't know. I don't know how much I how good, well I feel about that. I'm not big into grading stuff. And then go by position groups. Maybe go look at the offense, look at the defense, kind of compare it to where they were last year, and just give an outlook for this season. What I think what I think will happen, what I think the best case scenario of what can happen, what I think the worst case scenario is. So, you know, before I waste any more time, let's just go ahead and get into this draft class and see see if anyone actually enjoys this podcast and if this is something I should keep doing. So with this draft class, the first pick, everyone knows, the Lions took And this pick, it's a great pick. And I know it's easy to hate on because it's the obvious pick is the pick everyone knew they were going to make it's the it's a pick that a lot of people wanted to make and i know there's a lot of people didn't a lot of people wanted Derek brown some people wanted isaiah simmons and everyone pretty much everyone wanted a trade back i mean me included i wanted a trade back a trade back but as we all know by now there just wasn't a trade on the table so the lions they take jeff okuda number three and cornerback ohio state six foot one 200 pounds long arms He's fast, he, he's got good body control, he's smart, low penalty guy, very very tough cornerback, you know, contests all balls really well. He doesn't he's not the biggest playmaker in turn of in terms of forcing turnovers and whatnot, but he sticks on his receiver like glue. He comes up and he makes tackles. He's just he's an all around good corner. And a lot of people think this was the no brainer pick because, you know, the line straight away Darius Slay. And they're like, they have to draft their, his replacement. I don't think Jeff Okuda is Darius Slay's replacement, at least not in the short term. In the long term, for sure. But in the short term, the Lions signed Desmond Trufant. And Desmond Trufant 
had a better season last year than Darius Slay when he when he was healthy. So I think the Lions already have their replacement for that number one corner in Des Trufant, and I think Jeff Okuda comes in with a little less pressure on his back because of that. I think that's a good thing for him. He gets to come in, he gets to play the number two outside corner. He doesn't have to go up against the number one receiver as much, and he just gets to play his game. And if Desmond Trufant continues to be the player that he's been in the past, and if Jeff Okuda can just reproduce a season similar to those of other top-drafted rookie corners in the past, guys like Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Jalen Ramsey, then the Lions, Lions cornerback room is starting to look pretty dangerous. You add in a really good slot cornerback like uh, Justin Coleman into that core, and that's that's a good three-headed monster at corner right there, and we'll get into this a little more later. That's a really good DB's room, just all around, safeties included. And, I mean, I love the pick. I just, the Lions pass rush struggled last year. We all know that. And, of course, it would be nice to get a guy like Chase Young in there. He was already off the board. So how else do you help the pass rush without reaching on a guy? You fix up the secondary, make them even tougher to throw on. So I think the Jeff Okuda pick is a phenomenal pick. And I think he's going to be a very good player for a long time. Number the second, the second of the Lions picks, DeAndre Swift. This is the pick where... Fans really got divided. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I this pick divided me personally. Um, I thought. I I think that running back was a much bigger need going to this draft than most people. But I thought it was a fifth round need, a fourth round need, not a second round pick number three need. I thought the Lions had bigger needs here. I thought offensive line. You know, losing starters like Graham Glasgow and Rick Wagner. And I know Rick Wagner isn't coming off a stellar season, but He's still a longtime starter in the NFL, and replacing him is not going to be easy. I thought edge rush was a more pressing need. I thought if the Lions got a elite, uh, you know, a good edge rusher here to pair with that secondary and the rest of that D line, that's a very stout defense. Um, I really thought receiver was a little bit more of a need than running back with no receiver under contract through the next season. But the one thing that made me not hate this pick is it's DeAndre Swift. And now this is who I believe is truly the best running back in this draft class. DeAndre Swift, his ability to just stop and cut on a dime, it's elite. It's remarkable. He, 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 people like to say he has a smaller frame because he's 5'9", but he has a thick 212-pound body with just a strong lower base, and he runs with power. He runs with grace. He bounces off people. He can make people miss. He's a great receiving option out of the backfield. If Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift give you 16 games, both give you 16 healthy games, I wouldn't be surprised if DeAndre Swift does, takes the starting role from Carrion by the end of the season. But that's not really why he was drafted. He was drafted because we've seen Carrion can't give you 16 healthy games. And what's better than eight games of one good running back? 16 games of two, one or two good running backs. Because if Carrion gets hurt, you still have Swift. If he doesn't get hurt, you have both. And that's just a good running back duo right there. You have the shiftiness, the slipperiness of carry-on, and then just that cut and just all-around ability of DeAndre Swift. It's it's going to be a dangerous duo to watch, and I really think it'll help the Lions improve their run game, especially because Swift has some pretty darn good vision. He finds holes, and he makes holes. With the next pick, the their first third-round pick, the Lions took Julian O'Quara. And, oh my god. What a freaking athlete. This man 
his athleticism is just beyond elite. My favorite play I saw watching his film, they were playing Wisconsin, and Wisconsin ran a stretch play to the left side, and he was the opposite defensive end, and so he doesn't get blocked. He didn't get blocked because you don't block the opposite side defensive end on a stretch play. And you don't block him because if that man makes the play, it's normally, you know, seven, 13 yards down, seven to 13 yards downfield. Julian Aquera chased that play down and tackled it for a loss. He has speed for days. He is so explosive. But the best thing about him is a lot of these skinnier, speedy edge rushers coming in, that's all they, that's their gimmick. They're just speed guys. Julian Aquera knows how to turn speed into power. His bull rush. Is phenomenal and it's going to help them so much at the next level. Now, I don't want people to get too, too, too excited about Aquare coming into this next season. I mean, he's coming off rehabbing a broken leg, and the Lions, we know they're not great in pass rush, but they still have a good defensive line. So I think Julian Aquare's most, you know, coming in this season is just going to be a, uh, pass rusher. He's just going to come in on obvious passing down and just be that situational pass rusher who comes in and gets after the quarterback, gives him speed off the edge. And with that, I mean, with his ability and the rest of that defense line eating blocks, guys like Flowers, Shelton, Hand, all those guys just eating up blocks, the Romeo Aquara, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Julian, you know, wrecking four, five sacks. I mean, he has that ability and that all Lions don't need him to be a 13 sack guy this year for them to have a good defense. They need him to be a guy who gets pressure, makes quarterbacks step up into that pocket that they're going to be collapsing with the bull rush of flowers with hand coming up the middle. Shelton, who for a nose tackle is a, does a good job of collapsing the pocket up the middle much better than Damon Harrison ever did. And I think people are going to see how much of a difference that's going to make for the Lions this year. But you have him hand flowers, Romeo Aquara, maybe Austin Bryant helping give you a pass rush, helping collapse that pocket, and Aquara makes the quarterback step up into that. It's it's going to really help this defense out a lot. And with the next two picks, the Lions went back-to-back offensive guards, which to me was just so, so needed. That was my biggest need for the Lions coming into this draft was offensive line. That offensive line, it, it could be an issue this year, but... They go out, and first they get Jonah Jackson. And Jonah Jackson, in my opinion, he was my favorite guard in this draft class. That's not saying too, too much, as it's a pretty weak offensive guard draft class. But Jonah Jackson's a good one. I mean, he's not really an elite athlete. Not really, doesn't really have elite power to his game. Not the greatest mover in the run block as a run blocker. But... He's a great pass blocker. He has great footwork. He knows where to. He knows uh, how to place his hands. Has great hand placement, and just plays the position well. He can get to the second level. He knows how to position himself, and that's a big part of the game. I mean, he reminds me a lot of a guy like T.J. Lang. T.J. Lang was never the strongest. He was never the most athletic, but he was just good at what he did. He just knew how to play the position right, and that's what Jonah Jackson does. And I think that's just going to translate over to the NFL so well, and I think it's going to help him be a really good player in the NFL. I think it's going to help him be a day-one starter. I think he will start one of the guard positions for the Lions this year. Next guard they took was Logan Sternberg from Kentucky. Now, whereas Jonah Jackson was a low-ceiling, high-floor guy, 
He may never be one of the best guards in the league because he doesn't have the elite athleticism or the elite power. But he ha- he knows how to play the position well enough that he's going to be good. Logan Sternberg is the opposite. He has the power. He has the size. But he his men- he has the greatest mentality ever, but it's his biggest flaw. He wants to knock the person in front of him out every single play. He wants to knock him on the butt and not let him get back up. And that's great because it leads to some phenomenal blocks and some big holes. But more often than you would like, it leads to him reaching for blocks and getting just moved out of the way. It leads to him getting penalties. He's just, and it, again, like I said, it leads to him being out of position and missing blocks. And it, that just happens way too much. But he has the power. He has the mindset. All the Lions needed to get him to do is they need him to get him to play smarter. Get him to know when to pick his spots, when to try to go for the pancakes, and when he just needs to get in position and set a good block. I mean, this is a man who tries to pancake the guy in front of him every single play, even on pass pro. You have to love that mindset, but at the same time, it 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 can be such a detriment to this team, and it can hurt. I mean, he's a guy who, if he doesn't learn how to play within the limits of the game if he just becomes penalty after penalty after penalty or he's just missing blocks trying to go for the big pancake block he may never fulfill them you know for this team but if he comes in if he buys into the system if he listens to the coaches if he learns how to use his feet how to position well i mean he could be another day one starter he could take the spot from doll he could play the other guard position and jonah jackson takes uh doll spot and if that were if he can learn to play the position right and Jonah Jackson translate the way I think he's gonna translate, I mean you're looking at a great young interior offensive line with Jackson, Ragnow, and Sternberg. But Sternberg is the big question mark there because there's a big chance that he just doesn't he doesn't buy in. He just tries to play the way he's always played and in the NFL you just can't do that. Guys like Donald, you know, these quicker Interior D linemen, they'll they'll just get him to lunge at him, and they'll throw him right around them, and just go right up to the QB, right up to the running back. They just get right by him. It's just it's not something you can have. But with the next pick, this might be my favorite pick of the Lions in this draft class, and that is Quintez Cephas. And here's one of the big reasons I wanted to make this podcast is to talk about this man because I am so sick and tired of people passing on wide receivers or claiming that wide receivers are going to be bad in the NFL because they will run slow 40s. The 40 time does not matter. Just because a receiver runs a fast 40 time does not mean he plays fast or explosive or creates separation. I've seen fast receivers not be able to create separation. Just because a player runs a slow 40 time doesn't mean he can't be good at the position. Look at a guy like Anquan Bolden. He was not the fastest receiver on the field, but he played the position well. Danny Amendola. Another lion for you. He's not the fastest man on the field, but he gets open because he knows how to get open. Cephas is very explosive off the line of scrimmage and very explosive in and out of his routes. He can get open. On routes that are a little bit longer to develop, that's where he struggles a little more because that, that's when the foot speed does catch up to him. But I don't I don't see him playing on the outside too much this year. I mean, you have Galladay, you have Jones. I, I think Cephas is more going to be Subbing in with Danny Amendola in this slide is just going to give you a big slot option. He's got sh- he reminds me a lot of Anquan Bolden. Not quite the size of him, but he's big. He's strong. He's got strong hands. Great contested catch receiver. 
he, I mean, he, he can explode by people in those short routes and get open. And I think you're going to see Matthew Stafford falling in love with this guy pretty early in the season. And I really think that this is their contingency plan for when Amadola is gone next year. Because I think Cephas can end up being a really good player. And I think he's just going to be another reason why people... I think his production in the NFL is going to be another reason to point to why people should not care about 40 times for wide receivers. I mean, good lord. Does no one remember how far John Ross flew up draft boards just because he ran a ridiculously fast 40? I mean, the guys he got drafted over, guys like Juju, like Galladay, like Cooper Cup, you're telling me John Ross is better than Galladay, Cup, or Juju because he ran a fast 40? The 40 time is one of just the most overblown combine numbers ever. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun little gimmick that's like, oh, look how fast this guy is, but it does not equal production on the field. Except for, for Tyreek Hill. For some reason, that man... That, that he's he, he didn't just run a fast 40. He's just a great football player all around. With the next pick, the Lions took Jason Huntley. This is a hard pick to just talk about. I mean... There are so many people I wanted here. I wanted another receiver. I wanted someone like Tyler Johnson or KJ Hill. I'm pretty sure both of them were on the board still. Um, I, I honestly would have gone uh, backup quarterback here. I mean, Chase Daniels will be fine this year as backup quarterback. But if you get a guy like Fromm, I think Fromm could end up being a great backup in this league and maybe even a capable starter. Maybe someone like a slightly better version of Kyle Allen. I mean, people forget Kyle Allen looked pretty good for the Panthers for the majority of the season. It wasn't all his fault that the Panthers didn't win a lot of games. I mean, their defense was not great this year. As you saw, they just drafted seven defensive players. Or a guy like quarterback like Jacob Eason here, I wouldn't have hated it either. I mean, big arm, lots of talent. Let him learn under Stafford for a couple years. Maybe he shows something in the preseason or Stafford gets hurt. He shows something, you trade him off for value later. Maybe you realize that he's just going to be your guy after Stafford. Maybe he's just a little, you know, career backup but i I, th- I just wouldn't have hated the idea of taking a quarterback here i know a lot of people are against that and a lot of people just because that quarterback wouldn't help the team that much this year but i just don't see a guy like jason huntley helping that much this year i could be wrong he could come in he could be that gadget guy on offense that we've hoped that jamal agnew or ty johnson would be the guy who just makes the big plays that's just explosive be the kick returner the punt returner Almost like a Tariq Cohen for the Lions, but I mean, that could happen. I God, I hope it happens, but I just thought there's other things the Lions could have addressed here. A tight end here wouldn't have been horrible. I mean, the Logan or the Lions' second best tight end last year was Logan Thomas, and he's gone. Jesse James was horrid last year. He was just absolutely horrid. Hope I would love to see a massive improvement out of him, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's just more of the same this year. So tight end's another position. Another edge rusher here wouldn't have been bad. Interior D-line here. There's just other things I want to hear. But I, at the end of the day, I don't hate the pick of Jason Huntley. I personally believe that he's a practice squad guy this year. But he makes Jamal Agnew and Ty Johnson realize that they're going to have to earn their position on, the, on this team this year, on this roster. I mean, honestly... Of the of Agnew Huntley and uh, Ty Johnson, I think only end up making the team, and it could 
It could really be any of the three, but it'd be nice if Huntley pans out and is that Tyreek Cohen type gadget guy who the Lions can just get the ball to and let his speed and elusiveness just out in the open field, make people miss and just make the big plays happen. I'd love for that, but I think more of it, more of the fact is just he's going to push Jamal Agnew and Ty Johnson for that roster spot, that kick return, punt return roster spot. Next, the Lions drafted John Pinnacini. Just a big run-stuffing nose tackle. And I think this is a really good pick. I mean, is he a big splash player? No. But he's going to give you really, really good snaps. He's going to be a great, should be a great, you know, gap control guy. Just put his body in the way, not get moved, stay in his position. And just, you know, not let, just help, just a good depth guy to help in the run game. That's all he really is. He probably won't play too many snaps this year. Just kind of short yardage packages. But it, it's somewhere the, where the Lions needed more depth. So it's for, you know, was he sixth round pick? It's a good grab. And seventh round, another one of my favorite picks for the Lions, Jayshon Cornell. Now, Jayshon Cornell, there's a good chance he doesn't even make the roster. But he comes in. I believe he's listed 6'3", 280, which is just a good tweener size, especially in this Lions defense. He can play a little on the outside. He can play in the interior. And he is very athletic for his size. And I think he could be a problem against one-on-one blocks and give the Lions a lot of help in pass rush. And that's, But that's if he pans out. He He's still pretty raw. I mean, he still has a lot of areas to improve. He doesn't have a lot of moves to his game. So hopefully you can get in there and learn from some guys on, you know, learn some moves to help get by some some of the slower guys, learn moves on, you know, get in there, learn from Trey Flowers how to bully the weaker guys with that bull rush. Maybe learn from someone like Jamie Collins on how to, you know, get by the slower guys. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jayshon Cornell makes this roster, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, week 13, week 14, week 15, when this team has some injuries, some people are sitting, you see this guy start making some plays, you know, start getting some pressures, maybe get a sack, maybe half a sack, but get some pressures, get a couple TFLs, and just make a couple plays that make you sit back and go, that, that was a good grab. You know, th- this he has potential to be a pretty good, pretty good presence in the middle, and I think if the Lions give him time and help develop him, he could be a solid steal for them. You know, a guy who's just a nice depth piece, a nice rotational guy who can play or two. You know, he's, he's never going to be a big numbers guy, but he can be a guy that that teams also have to scheme for just in case. Yes, he's got the athleticism. He's got the size to play all over this defense and the athleticism to make plays. And I haven't looked at all the undrafted free agents for the Lions. Um, I just haven't really had time. But the one I really want to talk about was Hunter Bryant. Because, I mean, many people rated him as the number one undrafted free agent out there. Um, I think PFF had him as like their number, like, he was in their top five, I think, tight ends. He might have even have been their number one tight end in this draft class. I've seen comparisons to like people like Jordan Reed. Uh, I saw someone compare him to George Kittle with that rack ability. I personally don't see it, but this is a pretty good football player. He's just... He's a matchup nightmare for defenses. Now, he definitely won't get a ton, a ton of snaps because I don't see him really translating this year as a great help blocking for the Lions. 
But this is a guy you can put in there, and you can kind of line him up all over the offense and just try to get mismatches on him and let him go to work. He, I believe he's listed at 6'3", 240. Um, he's quick. He's a pretty good route runner. I mean, I haven't seen too much of his tape. I only got to watch, like, I think it was two games worth of coaches film of the all 22. So you can actually see, but this man gets open. He just, he knows how to get open. He finds the hole. He sits in it. He gets the ball and he's got some rack ability to him. You know, he can make a dude miss. He can bounce off a tackle if he needs to. I mean, this guy can be a good player. He can be a good compliment to TJ Hawkinson in that tight end room. And I think him and Nada combined might be able to push Jesse James off this roster, but which I know can be difficult due to the contract Jesse James was given, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened or if, you know, maybe Nada spent another year in the practice squad and they let go of Jesse James after this season. But I really believe Hunter Bryant is going to be on this football team, and I believe that he can make some plays this year. You know, he's not going to get a lot of opportunities to make them, but I think he'll make a couple plays here and there that's just going to have people say that this kid, he has the potential to be something good. You know, he can be one of those matchup nightmares at tight end that you get a linebacker on him. He's going right by the linebacker. You put a safety on him. He's going to be too strong for the safety. So I was really, really thrilled with that grab. And I, I mean, I wanted a tight end at the Jason Huntley pick and being able to get someone like Hunter Bryant undrafted. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. And I, I still haven't found out why he fell. I was listening to the Detroit Lions podcast earlier, and that's a great podcast. If you have not listened to it, go check it out. But they're saying that it might have had to do with his knee and the inability to get access to, you know, have your medical team look at him and test it. But even then, as an undrafted free agent, if he doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. He was a UDFA. The risk-reward is way heavier leaning towards the reward than the risk on this player. So I'm really, I'm really loving that grab. And what to so now my idea is I'm just going to kind of go through the team and just kind of look at it. I mean, we're going to start on offense, look at this offense, compare it to where they were a year ago. People have this team listed as, you know, as I said earlier, Bleacher Report has them as the fourth worst team on their um, power rankings. I just, I don't understand that. This team was 2-3-1 and one last season before Matthew Stafford broke his back. 2-3-1, and one, and they should have had a better record than that. They should have won that Green Bay game. They should have won that Kansas City game. They definitely should have won that Oakland game, and they definitely should have won that Arizona. I know that has them undefeated. I know that's not likely, but let's say they don't blow that first half lead against Arizona. You're looking at 3-3. Three and three. Let's say they don't have that horrible uh, final call against Oakland, that final play that they ran where Galladay and Marvin Jones are off the field, they actually give Stafford, Galladay, and Jones a chance to make a play there, to make a play. You're looking at 4-2, and two, or even that's the game that Stafford's back where he broke it. I mean, he, he plays that full game healthy, and it could go different. Green Bay, you had those two uh, hands-to-the-face calls, and against uh, Kansas City, you had that really bad roughing the passer call. I mean, those are just a few, just a few things that went that just didn't go their way, that led to them being 2-3-1. and one. But that, I, I mean, Stafford plays the rest of that season healthy, even at 2-3-1. They're they're easily a 7-1 team, maybe 8. I mean, there's a good chance they could have gone to 9 and pushed for a playoff spot. 
I, I don't understand the hate for this team going into the season. I mean, they're a better team than they were last year. You look, like, like I said, you look on offense. You have Matthew Stafford coming back. He's way better than anyone who replaced him last year. Behind him now, you have Chase Daniels. Chase Daniel is way better than David Blau. He is way better than um, Jeff Driscoll. So, I mean, even if Stafford goes down again, at least this year you have a competent quarterback who could probably win you one, two, maybe three games. You go to the running backs room. I mean, you bring back Carryon Johnson, the same running back from last year. What happened last year? Carryon got hurt, and you're looking at guys like uh, J.D. McKissick, Ty Johnson, Bo Scarborough, who the Lions picked up in like October and ended up being one. I think he ended up leading the team in rushing yards. This year, you have Carryon Johnson back, but now you have DeAndre Swift behind him. DeAndre Swift, who might be better than him. You still have Ty Johnson. As of right now, you still have Bo Scarborough. I personally don't think he'll make the roster because I don't think he's good enough to crack the run, the running back, get any running back snaps over. Uh, carry on or Swift and I don't think he's really going to play any special teams so I don't see him making this roster but maybe Huntley gets a couple snaps you know gives you that explosive speed guy maybe that's what Ty Johnson gives you I mean the running backs room is better just because of Swift and carry on if you get 16 healthy games out of them combined if you know carry on gives you eight and Swift gives you eight that's much better running back play than you get last year you go to wide receivers. Wide receiver core is better this year. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, your big three return. Marvin Hall, the big play machine returns. The guy who makes the guy the burner that gets down the field and has that breakaway speed that the Lions don't have. He returns and hopefully he can be healthy this year. Quintez Cephas gives you depth. He can play outside receiver if they need him to. I see him playing more slot this year than outside receiver, but he can still come in for Marvin, he can come in for Kenny if he has to. I mean, that's just there's more depth there. They brought in Geronimo Allison, who I don't think is great, but he's better than their depth be said last year. Travis Fulgham, maybe he can be something this year. Maybe he can show why they drafted him. The tight ends room. The tight ends room is the I I can't get a read on this. Um Hawkinson, you bring you return Hawkinson in you hope that he's better than he was last year. I mean, I didn't think he was bad last year. Of course, he had rookie struggles, but that that's to be expected. And it's going to be hard to say if he's going to be any better this year with coronavirus and everything going on. I mean, you don't know if they're going to have camp or preseason or anything. He was. I'm pretty sure he's going to have an off-season workout with Antonio or Tony Gonzalez. I don't know if that happened or not. But let's just let's just say Hawkinson improves. If Hawkinson improves, that would be huge. And if he can stay healthy, that would be spectacular. You lose Logan Thomas, which I don't know if the Lions have anyone better, as good or better than him right now. But maybe Jesse James can step up this year. Maybe Isaac Nada steps up. Maybe Hunter Bryant shows why he was supposed to be drafted in like the third or fourth round. That's the only position group where I'm sitting back and I... That one and offensive line are the only two. Where I'm just like, I don't know if they're better this year. But if Hawkinson can take a big enough step forward and be healthy, then that's all you really need. Let's go to offensive line. Offensive line. This one's the other question mark. I mean, you return Taylor Decker, who's coming off a pretty good season. I mean, he had a pretty strong finish the last season. You return Frank Ragnow, great season last year. Um, you return Joe Dahl, who was serviceable. I mean, he wasn't good, but he wasn't the worst thing of that offensive guard. 
and that's all you return. New guys you bring in, you're replacing Rick Wagner with Halapulavati Vitae. And, I mean, that everyone's saying Halapulavati is the big question mark. Honestly, Rick Wagner wasn't even that good last year. He had a pretty bad year. So if Halapulavati can just replicate what Wagner did in the past, if Halapulavati can just be serviceable in the past game, but help the Lions open up more holes in the run game with that big body of his, that's all they need. I mean, they, they'll keep tight ends to help him in pass pro. They'll keep running backs to help him in pass pro, which going back to DeAndre Swift real quick, he has a, his uh, size and frame, he holds up pretty well in pass pro. I just want to throw that in there real quick. But yeah, if you if Halapulavati can be shit, like as good as Rick Wagner last year, that'd be fine. If he can just open up some holes in the run game, you know, something Rick really didn't do for the Lions, that'd be really nice. And then at guards, I mean, if Jonah Jackson and um, Logan Sternberg can come in and earn the two starting spots and, you know, be solid contributors, of course, that'd be nice. Most likely, you're looking, I mean, if... I'm making the most realistic prediction. You're looking at a starting five of Decker, uh, Jackson, Frank Ragnow, Joe Dow, and Halapulavati Vitae. But, I mean, maybe Sternberg can push Joe Dow for that other guard position and help improve this line's offense line. But even if he doesn't, that starting five on the offense line is serviceable. I think they can be good enough for this team to be where they need to be on offense. They're not going to be great, but they can be good enough. So let's go to defense. And this this is where things get interesting, because the Lions' defense was atrocious last year. And I think they're primed for a massive bounce back this year. So let's just start with defense interior. You lose Damon Harrison. And in previous years, that would be crushing, because Damon Harrison has always been the best run stuffer since he's you know been in the league. But last year, he was atrocious. He was so bad. He regressed so bad last year. Being able to replace him with Danny Shelton, who's a very good run stuffer, but is Danny Shelton's most underrated aspect is his ability to push the pocket. He moves people into quarterback space and get, doesn't allow them to step up the way they want to. Something Damon Harrison didn't do consistently. So... I think we're going to, like, I don't know if Danny Shelton will be as good as Damon Harrison was two years ago, but he's going to be better than Damon Harrison was last year. And that's going to be huge for this defense is having that nose who can eat blocks and make plays at the line of scrimmage. Other guys on this defensive interior you have, you have Damon or have Deshaun Hand. The Lions struggled in pass rush last year. Are we just going to forget that Deshaun Hand basically did not play the whole, like, at all? He was hurt basically the whole season, and he just never had time to get into that type of rhythm. But you have him coming in this year. If he's healthy this year and he can disrupt from the interior, again, that's just going to be huge in helping this defense step forward. Other guys you got, I mean, you sign depth guys like Nick Williams, and you bring in John Pinnacini. But, so I mean, the defense interior is definitely improved from last year. Danny Shellen's better than Damon Harrison was last year. Better than Deshaun Robinson was. A healthy Deshaun Hands better than an injured Deshaun Hand. And they have more depth this year than they left. Now you go to the edges. You have Romeo Quera and Trey Flowers both returning. But Trey Flowers, 
people also forget that he was hurt coming into last season, and he was battling that in- injury for the, you know the beginning, most of the beginning of that season. But he still ended up having a pretty solid season pass rushing wise, and he had a really good end to the season from a pass rushing standpoint. And I expect that to carry into the season, especially when you have guys on the interior and guys on the edge like um, Julian Oquera helping take some pressure off him and letting him get more one-on-ones and just bore and, you know, making quarterback step up right into that bull rush of his. I think Trey Flowers is primed for a big season this year, a big season. His, the Lions have, are going to have the ability to control the line of scrimmage this year. They should have done it last year. They failed this year. They have that ability. And then you have Rome when you go to the other, you have Romeo Aquera, you know, He's not the athlete that Julian is, but he's still a fine defensive end. I mean, he can play a little interior. He can play on the outside a little. He's not the fastest guy. He doesn't have all the moves in the world, but every once in a while, he can put a little package together, and he can make he can make a good play. I mean, you go back to that first year when he was on the Lions, that sack, that strip sack he had on Rodgers, he, he went right by uh, uh, the Packers left tackle. His, Bakhtiari, whose name was just escaping me, he had a nice play against the Cowboys that year too against uh, uh, Smith, the uh, Cowboys left tackle. So, I mean, he can make plays, but, you know, he's no worse than he was last year, and who knows, maybe he doesn't even play that much this year. You have Lions, I believe he was fourth-round pick last year, or fifth-round pick, um, coming back this year out of Clemson. Not Cleveland Farrell. Oh boy, what's his name? It's going to kill me. It is going to kill me. Let me just look this up real quick. I know all three of you guys out there that are actually going to listen to this are probably screaming at me. Austin Bryant. You have Austin Bryant coming in this year. And, you know, maybe he pushes Romeo Query, snaps in him, and. He can be a force. I mean, he was a pretty good player at Clemson, you know. His name wasn't called as much because you had guys like Cleland Farrell on the D-line. You had Dexter Lawrence on that D-line. You had Christian Wilkins on the D-line. I mean, that's three really good football players right there. It's hard to get your name called when those guys are playing on the D-line with you. So, you never know. And then, again, like I said, Edge, you have Julian Oquera, and he gives you that just athletic rusher off the side. And that's just, that's where it's really going to, really going to change this pass rush this year is just having that athlete to just run around and make quarterbacks step up, make quarterbacks, you know, someone who's looking down the right where comes up, the quarterback is a step over to the left and there's the bull rush of Trey Flowers or there's Deshaun Hand just flying right by that guard. I mean, it's really, it's, it's going to help this Lions defense out tremendously. So I, I think across the defensive line, they are better this year than they were last year. A healthy Trey Flowers for 16 games is better than a Trey Flowers who plays the first four games kind of battered and injured. A healthy Deshaun Hand is better than Deshaun Hand last year who played, what, five five games? I don't even remember. I mean, he missed so many games there to start the season. Uh, healthy Danny Schellen is much better than Damon Harrison was last year. And I hate to say it, I mean, I love Damon Harrison. I loved him when he was a Giant. loved him when he was a Jet. I loved him when he was a Lion, but... Last year he just didn't get done, and Julian Oquera gives him gives him the athletic ability off the edge that Devon Kennard just never could. 
So I think across the D line, they're better. You go to the, now you go to the linebackers. Draw Davis. When the Lions drafted Draw Davis, and it just pains me to see him just not be able to do what he did when he was at Florida. He just flies around and he misses so often. It's it's hard to watch, but maybe maybe this is his year. Maybe. Um. Maybe he makes an impact this year. Maybe I mean, honestly, if they just used him as a as a situational pass rusher, someone to come in and just go straight for the quarterback, that's fine with me. Or if they just used him on third downs to come in and do that thing he did last year, that little QB spy blitz that he would do, he did it against Mahomes a couple times. That's fine with me. Just let him use his athleticism to get to the quarterback or to play off the quarterback. That works with me. I mean, he is what he is. But you go to Jelani Tavai. Jelani Tavai put together a pretty darn good rookie season, and especially there late in the season. I think Jelani Tavai is going to be huge for this Lions defense this year. I think you're going to see him take a big step forward. I think he's going to look a lot more comfortable in this defense, a lot more comfortable with the speed of the NFL. And now that he has more playmakers around him, I think he's just going to it's going to make his life a whole lot easier on him. So I think you're going to see a lot of really good play out of Jelani. You go to another linebacker, the Lions bring in Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins is used to this defensive scheme. He's thrived in this defensive scheme. He thrived last year in a similar scheme. I think he's going to thrive again this year. I mean, he's going to have playmakers around him. It's going to make his life easier to make plays. So, I mean, I don't I don't really have much more to say there with Jelani Tavai and Jamie Collins. I think the linebacking core is solid. I mean, Christian Jones, I know Lions fans don't love him, but he's a good rotational piece. I don't think he, he's going to get nearly the playing time he got last year, but He's a guy the Lions can plug in and he can play. Reggie Ragland's another one. They brought in another big, bulky linebacker to be a depth piece. He, plug in and play. He'll be fine. Now, now let's go to DBs. The cornerback's room. The cornerback's room is much better than it was last year. Desmond Trufant is played better than Darius Slay last year. I mean, there's many factors that go into Darius Slay not playing well. The Lions like a pass rush. Him having to cover for five seconds, that makes it hard. I get that. But there are many times he just didn't look like he cared as much. He looked a little checked out. He just he didn't seem bought into the scheme. And we know he wasn't bought in. He didn't like Patricia. But, I mean, got to play. Desmond Trufant, he played better than Slay last year. If we can get healthy Desmond Trufant, that's, that's what we need. I think he would be the number one corner this year. I think he's taken the spot against all the top guys. And then you slide in um, Jeff Akuda. Jeff Okuda is another good corner, and if he can have a great rookie campaign, like we've seen guys like Marshawn Lattimore and Jalen Ramsey, like I said before, Denzel Ward's another one, That that's just going to really help this team a lot. I mean, that's that's a good cornerback tandem. Lions play lots of nickel. You bring in the slot corner of Justin Coleman. I mean, Justin Coleman, he, he got burned a couple times last year, but he's still a really good slot corner. He makes plays. He forces fumbles. He makes tackles. He there's there's many times last year he ended up having to play on the outside and that just wasn't his game. I mean, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen both cooked him a couple times, but I mean when you're guarding those guys, it's gonna happen. But it's his life's gonna be easier this year with two good outside corners and good safety play. So I expect him to have a better season, a more consistent season. He might not make he might not have another game like he did last year against the Chiefs where he was making play after play, but a more consistent season from him is what I expect. I expect a good season out of Akuda. I expect a good season out of Trufant. And then Amani Aura Warrior, just another great depth piece off the bench. I mean, 
He showed flashes last year at the end of the year. He can come in this year, come in for snaps, provide a spark, maybe make a play or two. I, he's a good developmental project for the Lions. I mean, they have a chance of having Okuda long-term and Aurora long-term. That that could be a just lockdown duo for a long time for this team. And there's just that cornerback's room just has so much promise. Another guy they brought in, Daryl Roberts, is another good cornerback who can play on the outside. I mean, they just, they really reloaded that cornerback's room. They have lots of top-end talent, and they have lots of depth, and I'm very excited to see him play. You go to safety, you return tra- um, Tracy Walker, who's coming, you know, who I think is a very good player. I thought he had a solid season last year, and I think there's tons of room for him to improve. He He's, um, Tracy Walker's interesting because he's at his best when he plays all over the field. And I think with the safeties they brought in, he's going to be able to do that more. Because you look at the other safeties, they bring in Duran Harmon, a very good deep safety. They bring in Jaron J- Curse from Minnesota, played college football at Clemson. He's another guy you can kind of just play all over the field, play in the box, and he's a, he's a good player. Will Harris is still on this team. I liked Will Harris. I thought they reached on, it, on him in the third round, but I still liked him. And I think he can take a step forward. I didn't think he was all that abysmal last year. He wasn't great. But I think the playing time is going to help him out a lot this year. I think that safety room all around is just better. And I think the way that they constructed it through free agency, it's going to allow Tracy Walker to maximize his abilities this year. And I think that's been a knock on Patricia so far throughout his resume. Is he his, uh, his regime he hasn't been able to put people in their best position to succeed, I think that's going to change this year. So, I mean, the safety's, the safety's core is just better. Special teams, I mean, we can talk about them. Molbeck's probably long snapper this year. Brader's the kicker. And the punting, I mean, I have no insight on that. We'll just figure that out as it goes. But all around, I think this Lions team is a lot better this year. I think their offense... I think you're going to see more consistent play of the offense. You're going to continue to see the big plays down the field by Stafford in that receiving core. But I think you're going to see a better run game this year. I think you're going to see a more consistent run game. A run game that can make teams, you know, scared. A run game that can really set up these play-action deep balls. On defense, I think you're going to see a much improved defense. A better pass rush. A better secondary. A better linebacker's core. They're better everywhere. I don't think they're... I don't think they're good enough yet to be a top 10 defense, but I wouldn't be surprised if they crack, you know, top 15, if they're that, you know, 13th to 15th ranked defense. I th- I think they could get there. I mean, they have talent. They have talent all over the place. They look better this year. So what is my prediction, my outlook for this season? Realistically, if you get 16 games out of Stafford, and, you know, enough games out of everyone else, you know, scattered injuries here and there. But, like, if we're not losing Galladay and Jones for all, you know, the majority of the season, stuff like that, you no, know, those huge bad injuries, it's a 9-1 team. Seven to nine wins, I think. Best case scenario, they hit up to that 12 mark. I mean, that's a 16 games out of Stafford. At least eight games out of carry-on, 15 or 16 out of Swift. I'm probably 15 plus, 15 to 16 out of Galladay. Same with Jones. 
Cephas ends up being a you know absolute baller, can play the slot, really makes Danny Amadola not have to play as much. So, you know, you don't have to worry about Amadola injury. Cephas just ends up being a guy. Uh, TJ Hawkinson takes a big step forward, ends up being that big, strong threat the Lions have been looking for at tight end. Offensive line, Taylor Decker takes a step forward from last year and has a really good year this year. Ragnall takes another big, uh, step forward and has a really good year. You have the two rookies went out the guard spots. Jonah Jackson continues to be a solid offensive lineman in the, you know, continues that from college into the NFL. Sternberg takes a little step back, realizes how he needs to play to be able to play at this level of football and has a solid rookie campaign. Halapula Vadi Vitae is serviceable and pass pro opens up running lanes defensively you need hand healthy you need aquara uh, julian aquara to be able to get some pressure off the edge you just need health you need health on that defense health in the secondary you need a uh, desmond trufant to be what he's been in the past you need jeff Fukuda to be able to have one of those just rookie campaigns that we've seen corners have lately and jelani tavai needs to take a step forward jamie collins needs to become a leader Trey Flowers needs to be healthy. Needs to be what he was at the end of that season when he was healthy. If those things go right, I mean, that's a 12. That team can hit 12 wins. It wouldn't really surprise me. I mean, you look at the way the Packers are looking right now after the abysmal draft class they just had. That team, they could be hurting. I mean, the Vikings had a pretty good draft class, but then you, so I mean, I could still see them. Being number one in the NFC North this year, but you go and you look at the Bears. I don't see the Bears the Bears improving. I, I mean, Foles is an improvement to Trubisky, but not that significant of an improvement. They have eighty tight ends on their roster. I don't know how they plan to use them all, but for some reason they just keep getting them. So I mean, I could I could see the Lions if health if for the first time in. Nine million years, if the health bug is on the Lions' side, I wouldn't be surprised if they hit 12 wins. But realistically, 7-9 to nine is where I see them. Worst case scenario, obviously you lose Stafford early on in the season, you get 3-4 wins again. But again, like I said, I don't even want to go into that scenario. Matt Stafford is my guy. I love him to death. I want to watch him play 16 games of football. So, if I can see that, I see him as a 7-9-1 to nine one team. And even if they're a seven-one team and don't make playoffs, I really believe you have to keep Patricia and Quinn. Um, I've always liked Quinn. I've liked a lot of the moves he's made. I haven't lo- liked them all, but I've liked a lot of them. I haven't been the biggest fan of Patricia, but the way that this defense, this the team finally looks like the team that Patricia wants. This defense finally looks like it's tooled up for his scheme. You have those big, strong guys on the interior of that D-line. You have that bull rushing DN who clops the pocket. You have that freak athlete DN who can, or edge rusher who can just get around people and get to the quarterback. You have the big, bruising linebackers in the middle. You have that big, freak athlete linebacker, Jamie Collins. You have the big, strong man coverage corners. You have the good roaming safeties. You have the DBs who can play all over the field. He has what he wants now. But even if they're not great this year, I don't think you would give up on him yet because this defense is so particularly built for his likes that I think he needs time.
to develop them. They're still young. Oquera is still raw. Tracy Walker still has room to improve. Tafai is going into his second year. There's still improvement to be made. And I, the thing I need to see this year to fully say that they have to keep Patricia is I need to see a team that's bought in. I need to see players that are fighting for themselves and fighting for their coach. And if you see that, even if they're a 5-6-1 team, if you see them fight for themselves and fight for their coach and they're bought in, they play hard every snap, you have to bring Patricia back because that's when you see that he's changed the culture. And that's when you start to see that the Lions are on the brink of something that could be great. But these are just my opinions. If anyone ends up listening to this and you have any thoughts, you have any opinions, please share them with me. I would love to hear them. I would love to discuss them with you. Also, if you have any ideas of what I should do with this podcast that I'm hoping to actually have catch legs and you know run with it, if you have any ideas of where I should take it to make it stand out, to make it something that you would more like to listen, maybe shorter episodes, maybe longer episodes. Maybe you want me breaking, looking at future draft prospects, guys the Lions could look at. Maybe you want me looking at future free agents. Maybe you want me to talk about free agents the Lions can still sign with all their cap space they have left. Just let me know. I would love, I want to make this podcast something that people want to listen to. My next idea is if I get enough people listening, if I get people who listen and actually want me to, I want to go through, I want to get a little bit of game tape on each of the line draft prospects. I want to make short little like eight, 10 minute videos where I show game tape and I break down, you know, the positives I see with these players, the strengths that I see that I think they can bring to the Lions. And if those, if people want those and I get a response to this video saying they want those, I'll make them. If people like them, I might make videos going over some weaknesses I see. And just, you know, helping us gear up this hype train for this football season coming up and helping us pass all this time in quarantine. So, again, if you have any ideas, just let me know. And I'd love to talk about them. You can find me on Twitter at the Bob Regan, uh, R-E-G-A-N, or... I'm going to make a YouTube page and upload it there and you can contact, you can find it there and contact me there either way.